Welcome to The Lineup. I'm Ben Ruvo. And I'm Max Ruvo. And we're your co-hosts. This is a podcast all about school, sports, and mental health. College athletes have a lot on their plates. Amidst it all, mental well-being often gets forgotten. We want to change that. We'll bring on athletes, coaches, advocates, and doctors to help us get to the bottom of social stigma and inspire change. The lineup is produced in partnership with the Made of Millions Foundation, a mental health advocacy nonprofit on a mission to change how the world perceives mental health. Check them out at madeofmillions.com. Also brought to you by The Hidden Opponent, a student-athlete mental health advocacy organization who empowers athletes to face the hidden opponent together. Learn more at thehiddenopponent.com and at The Hidden Opponent on all social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in and being part of the conversation. Let's dive in. And next up on the lineup, we have Kirsten Sires. Yeah, Kirsten is the founder of LRT Sports. LRT Sports is a company where you can rate your college coaches and it helps high school students with a recruiting file, helps with athlete mental health stories, and more. She was a student athlete at Skidmore College where she transitioned from tennis into soccer and started LRT Sports in an actually an entrepreneurship class which we will learn about more. So we're really grateful to have Kirsten on, and here she is. Hey, Kirsten, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, us too. Uh, we always start off with our favorite segment. Matt, I say this every single podcast, but this is Max's favorite segment. This, he enjoys it. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So he's going to hit it off. Max, you want to start with your icebreaker? Okay, Kirsten, um, I'm going to go a different direction with this icebreaker because you're involved in recruiting and things of that nature. So not including the major four sports, so hockey, basketball, baseball, and football, what is your go-to sport to watch if you were to choose? Um, This is a really good question because I would say this has changed within the past couple of years, but right now it's golf. Interesting. Who's your favorite golfer? Um, I love Jason Duffner. <laughs> We're big uh, Kepka guys. Uh, yeah, I, I like him too. I but like bro. I, I like Jason Duffner and his uh, switching hats, and I just like his, his demeanor too. <laughs> okay. Brooks, Brooks is good because he, he apparently, when he, when he tees off, he says when he hits a nice shot, he says, like, that's Gucci. So, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he goes under his breath, he hits it, he goes, that's Gucci. Because... Like, and he also he also lifts right before he golfs, which you gotta yeah. you gotta appreciate him for that. Um, but I I know I thought you would have said tennis. No, no, I, that's why I said it, it's changed. That definitely used to be my favorite sport to watch, like growing up and everything. But at this point, I've, I haven't really been playing tennis as much. I've been trying to play a lot more golf, so I've kind of been getting into golf more. Who's okay. your favorite uh, tennis player? Well, okay, I'll rephrase that: Federer or Nadal? Federer. In- I mean, not in terms of who's better, but like, who do you like more? Federer? I like Federer. I like Federer more. And he's better. And he's better. <laughs> no, say- I mean, you can't, you can't knock Nadal because Nadal is obviously a legend too. But I just like, I don't know. Federer is just so classy. He's class act. Yeah, he's I, definitely I like a class act. Would you say he's your favorite? Um... Is he my favorite? He's definitely up there. Um, I've had a lot of different favorite tennis players over the years. I don't know if I have an all-time favorite. I mean, I've always like liked Agassi a lot because he's obviously like an American and 
has some fire um, and is also a legend too. So I, I like, I think if you're going all time favorite, maybe Agassi, but obviously like when you're talking about women, you got Serena on the, on the U S side too. So how do you, how do you not? You know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Or uh, I think who's, who's the uh, Kyrgos? Kyrgos. Kyrgos. Yeah. He's got, he got, he's got some, he remind, I don't know if you remember Leighton Hewitt, but Leighton Hewitt was an Australian who had a very similar vibe to Kyrgos. Like, just total like causing fights and just a, a total like fire under his ass all the time. So, yeah. I, I I like I like your ghost because he's he's entertaining. He's like he's like Happy yeah. Gilmore in 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 tennis in real life. So it's cooler. But um, this will go to my question. This is a hmm, this is a college question. So as the audience knows from our introduction, you went to Skidmore College. Um, is that your favorite racetrack, Saratoga? I mean, yeah. I think it, it's also the only racetrack I've ever been to, so it's definitely my favorite. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, huge into, you know, horse racing or anything like that, but going to Travers every year is definitely super fun. And it's I actually wasn't allowed to go during my four years of college because I always had preseason, and it was, like, a big thing for the coaches. Like, you just weren't allowed to go. Um so I went only after graduating and then I went like three or four years in a row right after graduating. And it was, I understand why we weren't allowed to go, but it was also super fun. <laughs> is, it, is it like, are there like tailgates and everything before you go in and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, you could bring alcohol into the track. So like you could just go bring a 30 if you want, you just have to like be with it the whole time. Um, and you can't bring it into like the food area. So you're kind of tailgating in there. And then on top of that, everybody kind of gets dressed up like classic track, seersucker hats, all that kind of stuff. Um, and like it's Skidmore is a cool place to go to school because it's in Saratoga. So there's always alumni there and it's never weird because it's just like such a good town to visit. So anytime that Travers is happening, like all of Skidmore alumni end up like going, it's almost like a giant alumni weekend. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds super fun. And um, for the younger audience and ourselves, we cannot wait until we're 21 so we can finally start. <laughs> uh, yeah. for, the younger, for the younger audience as well. I'm sure uh, when you guys are 21, you guys can go as well. 21. Yeah. But, um, Max, do you have another question? I think we, we should get right into the interview. I'm ready to go. All right. We're ready to go. Um, this will actually, this is actually a great point to uh, bounce on. So now we're just going to go into talking about your athletic ex experience growing up until college and kind of what you did at Skidmore, which I think is good after talking about the racetrack. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you want me to start with like growing up? How young are we going here? <laughs> as young as you want. If you, if you started playing sports when you were an infant, go ahead. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> In the womb. <laughs> um, no, I started playing sports. I've been playing sports for as long as I can remember. Um, but I played everything. Volleyball, tennis, soccer, basketball. I even played boys lacrosse for a little bit. Um, just basically any sport I could possibly like pick up, I, I tried to play. Um, and I think my parents just kind of always were playing sports. And my mom played volleyball in college. So it was just something where I grew up in the atmosphere. My whole family just always played sports. So I was just always around sports. Um, as I got older, I started to land onto tennis a little bit more and being an individual sport, it's a very time consuming, obviously, because you like nobody relies on high school tennis. It's not recruiting's not through high school tennis. It's through 
playing tournaments outside of high school tennis. So you're traveling almost every weekend. There's no like down season really. So as I got older, I think it was like eighth grade going into freshman year, I had to decide if I wanted to play tennis and be very serious about it, or if I wanted to, wanted to continue playing other sports. Um, and I chose to get serious about tennis. So I played like USTA tournaments all throughout high school. Um, I still played on the high school tennis team because my mom was the coach. Um, so I kind of had to play. <laughs> um, but I, I actually liked the team atmosphere of tennis a lot better than I liked the uh, individual tournament weekends. Um, I always make this joke, but like if you ever talk to people that play tennis, most of the time they don't like the sport of tennis. Like they're like, oh, I hate tennis and I hated juniors um, just because it's very isolating and there's no like atmosphere around it. It's like you're going to a tournament and like everybody that's there you're competing against. So it gets a little cutthroat. But once you get to college, it's awesome because you're in a team atmosphere. Um, and although you're playing against your teammates for positions and spots on the roster, you're still able to at least, you know, play doubles with your teammates and or just like cheer them on if you're not playing in whatever um, role you may play on the team. But yeah, I got recruited for tennis and then I ended up switching to soccer um, after a year of tennis in college. Okay. And how was that transition? Um, what, how did you like it more? Did you end up enjoying yourself more playing a, like more of a team sport? I know obviously there's teams in colleges with tennis, but you know, for the most part, you are one, one-on-one -on -one rather than a whole team against another team. Yeah. Um, I think for me, so what ended up happening was I had a situation where I was recruited for tennis. I chose Skidmore because I loved the school. Um, it was between their Brandeis and Middlebury were my top three schools. And I like literally just loved Skidmore. Um, I had a great time on my recruiting trip. It had everything that I wanted as far as majors and the town was awesome and the people were awesome. So I knew I was going there. I applied early decision. So it was the only school I applied to. And then obviously come my freshman year, I got on campus and I started playing tennis and it was in a situation which I'm sure a lot of athletes out there have experienced experience this. My coach wasn't exactly what he had pitched on the recruiting trips. Um, and I was in a situation where I was pretty much miserable on the tennis team. And we just had a total mismatch of personalities. I, I tell everybody this. It's not always a bad coach. Just sometimes it's a bad coach for you. Um, and on the flip side, it could be a bad player for the coach as well. There's just not enough time in the recruiting process to learn about one another, I don't think. So I ended up just really not getting along with my coach and decided after my freshman year to quit. Um, he did a lot of things I didn't agree with. There was a couple lies in there. Um, it's a whole it's a whole big thing. Um, and I was just really miserable. Um, so I went to my soccer coach and I said, hey, I'd like to try out for the soccer team next year. And she said, well, you know, make sure you tell your coach first that you're going to be quitting. And if that goes well and you still want to do that, come to the camp over the, the summer. So I was literally at a camp with like 14 through 18 year olds trying out for the team and they were trying to get recruited. <laughs> um, and then she was she was like, after that, I'll let you know if you can come back for preseason for like more of a formal type of tryout or if you're not going to make the team. Um, she invited me back for preseason and that then at the end of preseason, she asked me if I wanted to be on the team. So it was a really interesting process, but best decision I ever made. I absolutely loved my soccer coach. Um, I loved being on the soccer team. And I honestly, I'm still, I still am friends with girls on the tennis team too. I loved the teammates on the tennis team. It had nothing to do with them. It was just more about the coaching situation than it was anything else.
was it difficult to make that transition and maybe give up a sport like tennis, which you played out through your entire high school career? Yeah, it was extremely difficult. My learning curve was was insane. Um, I basically spent any and all free time um, practicing soccer, like 24-7. I mean, I had to learn how to play. I didn't even know plays. I knew nothing really about soccer. I played growing up, but it's not like I played in high school. I never play, I didn't play on a club team in high school or anything like that. So I was so far behind um, and having to just learn. The good thing, I was fast. Um, and that was really it. <laughs> uh, my freshman or my sophomore year, I played in two games and they were like, you know, blowout games, 6-0 games or something like that. My coach just gave me, you know, playing time just to get experience. And then by my senior year, I think I played in like 16 or 17 games. So, but to get from two to 17 games by my senior year, that was a lot of time, energy, injuries, um, because my muscles weren't used to playing soccer and I had a completely different body composition for tennis than I needed to for soccer. So it was definitely a, a huge, huge transition, but it was a sacrifice I was willing to make, honestly. And my teammates and my coach made it easy because anytime I needed extra help, wanted to learn plays, wanted to do anything, they were always like there to help. Yeah, I mean, that's extremely impressive. The fact that you went from not playing soccer all through your high school career and picking it up in college and making the team and even playing in 16 games your senior year, I couldn't imagine, like, dropping baseball and going to a different sport and trying yeah. to learn all, like, all new fundamentals and mechanics and, like, starting from scratch at such an old age. Like, that's very impressive to me, like, really impressive. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it was definitely hard, but it was a cool challenge. What's up, Ben? That's – yeah, I was just going to say that's insane, like, like you're you're giving me hope for when I decide to be a two sport athlete and and uh, run run on to the basketball team, as I would say. I'm not a walk on. I'm a run on. Um, <laughs> I go with a lot of effort. I work really hard. So I'm I'm a, I'm a gritty player. So uh, Coach Goodman, if you're listening, um, I could be a two sport for you. But, but um, branching off of that, how did how did that adjustment impact your like mental health and your mental well being while studying and preparing for that season and that tryout? Yeah, it was it was tough. Um, I think my mental health was probably at, at its worst when I was on the tennis team, to be honest with you, that spring. Um, and it was just a situation. I was like literally like crying all the time. I was not happy. Um, I remember I called my tennis coach from home at one point and I was telling him some of the situations that were happening. And he was like, you have to quit. Like, this is just not a good situation you're not like working to be a professional tennis player because like no professional tennis players go to college anyway, really. The, if you look at the percentage, it's a very, very small percent of uh, professional tennis players that go to college. So he's like, there's just no point. Like you should quit. This isn't good for you. And I was determined to not quit halfway through a season. Um, a, to do that to my teammates and B, I just felt like I wanted to at least give it a full year it, just in case it's something we're going to change. And I had even approached my coach at one point and I was like, Hey, do you just like, not like me? Like what's going on here? Like you're telling me I'm going to be on the roster and that I'm going to be playing. And then I show up and I expect my name to be called in the lineup. And then you're not calling it. But you told me last night that I was going to be in like, was like, I don't care that I'm not playing. I'm a freshman. I'm not expecting that, but don't tell me one thing yesterday and then change it the next day. Um, so I think it was just like really disheartening and I had like a really good fall season and then going into spring season, it was just something happened. I don't know what, um, I probably never will. So I wanted to finish out that freshman year. Um, and then when I switched to soccer, I think there was like definitely 
a sigh of relief almost. And I was a lot happier and um, willing to work harder. And even though I had some injuries and stuff along the way, and obviously a huge learning curve and a lot of frustrations, I was happy to do it because I felt like I was encouraged and supported by my coach and my teammates. Um, I didn't feel that with my tennis coach. Yeah, and I think um, coaches have such an impact on players that they don't even. I don't. Even, I don't even know if some of them realize it. To be, I, I, we had a similar situation in, in high school, where our our baseball coach at a, at another school. We ended up transferring back to our public school. Uh, he was. He was just. It was just a toxic environment for us personally. I'm not saying it. It was a toxic environment for everybody, mm-hmm. but in in general, like these coaches have such an impact, and to be able to talk to them and be vulnerable and have like a team camaraderie, uh, like surrounding is is so critical uh i always i always personally enjoy having a players coach because a lot of athletes put so much pressure on themselves that they need their coach to be there but also to be understanding and and realizing the pressures of college and the balance of everything yeah no totally agreed and like i said in the beginning like to your point sometimes it is a mismatch of just player coach personalities other times it's a situation where maybe the coach just isn't good and then of course you have your amazing coaches but you know, when you're going through college, you're still only 18 years old. And I think people have a tendency to forget that. And they're like, oh, well, you're an adult now. You're on your own. You're this, you're that. And it's like, at the end of the day, I've, I've only been doing this, like, on my own thing for, like, a hot minute. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out, like, emotions, how to handle time management, and how to go through life, um, which I think some people forget sometimes. But, it's you know, we have so many interns. We've had over 150 interns come through an internship program. And, you know, sometimes we're, we're, I'm like, oh man, I can't believe they messed this up or did this. And then I have to sit back and be like, okay, they're literally like a sophomore in college. They're like 19 years old. Like I, you can't always have such crazy expectations and treat them like you are going to treat a professional athlete in certain situations, especially, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, especially at the D3 level, I'm not getting a scholarship to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I- I mean, there has to be there has to be a balance, and and I think um, in general, going off of what you said with your uh, LRT sports, I, I know that you you started that. I believe you were in college, correct? Yeah. So that that's, that's you. That's another crazy feat. So you're just putting up records on records here. You're trying out <laughs> for, for teams you never played. You're starting companies. Uh, that's that's wild. But um, how how did like your impact with your coach lead you to LRT sports and, and getting adjusted with that and building that business? Yeah, I think, you know, I started senior year. Um, so it was at a point when I believe it was like senior spring too. So I was like done with soccer at this point. Like we could go to practices if we want to, but our coach kind of was like, let the new team kind of bond and everything. So I was pretty much done. Um, and I had already had a job, job lined up after college. Um, I was, planning to move to New or I did move to New York City working for Morgan Stanley. So in my mind, when we started LRT, it was like, okay, we're doing this for a class and this is going to be super cool for the semester. And then I'm going to go to my big girl job. Um, But it kind of stuck with me because we had to, for the semester, create a fake company, which was, it was called Locker Room Talk at the beginning, now LRT Sports. but when we started it, it was just because it was in a group project with four other people. Um, when we went through the whole process, the part of our grade was to present to private equity people, venture capitalists, to um, alumni and or parents of students who were business people. And then they gave part of our grade. And we had 
a couple of investors come up to us after and give us their cards and say like, Hey, you should, you should do this idea. It's a really cool idea. Um, rating like ratings is really big right now. And college sports is just, you know, growing as far as everything. Um, so you should do this. And then I, it kind of stuck with me. And then I started my big girl job and it just never really got out of my mind. Um, to the point where I started at, like really started it on the side um, when I was working at Morgan Stanley. And it was at a point where I was going into work and people were like, what's going on with locker room talk again, LRT sports now, but what's going on? What are you doing? They were like trying to give me advice and stuff. Cause it was such like a unique idea. Um, so I just decided to end up switching over fully. I guess I'm switching situations a lot, but switching into uh, LRT sports full time. So it was definitely, again, an interesting transition, but it started in college and then kind of formed post-college and here we are now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another crazy story. I mean, you got, you had quite a life already um, <laughs> for sure. So just bouncing off that, I guess we can talk about like the idea of no decision ever being permanent. I know growing up our, our mom always stressed that to us, like, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself in this situation. If it doesn't work out, nothing's permanent about it. Like you're lucky where, the situation is not permanent and maybe in a way you felt like you had to go work for Morgan Stanley. It's a very prestigious job coming out of college. It's kind of like what society wants you to do in a way where it's like, Oh, well, if I turn this down and go work for LRT sports, a company I started in college, people will think I'm crazy. Like, why would I do that when I have this lined up? And I think, you know, when you find your passion and something you really want to do, the cliche of you're never going to work a day in your life. I think you found that. And the fact that you're going with it and running with it and it's growing is really tremendous. Yeah, thank you. And I totally agree. And I think the biggest thing was, I was almost like embarrassed about it at first to your point of feeling pressure to like be at Morgan Stanley. And I was super proud of that. And I and I had loved my time there. Again, nothing bad to say about that. It was amazing. But at the same time, when I was like, okay, I'm going to go for this LRT sports thing. I'm like 22 years old at the time. And it's like, I was almost like embarrassed. And like people would be like, oh, what do you do for a living? And I would get all like, gun shy and be like, Oh, I don't really want to talk about it. And then now it's such a different perspective. Like, I don't care who I tell, I'm trying to tell everybody because I want them to all go rate their college coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just such a different mentality. And I definitely, and my mom like had to sit me down she was like, listen, like you made the decision to do this. It's, it's super impressive, but people aren't going to think if it's, it's impressive. If you're like being awkward about it, like own it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and I could totally relate to that. When when I started, you know, um, it was Open Mind Gym and now now it's the hidden opponent with Victoria. Um, when I first started, I, I just made like a Twitter account and it started hitting the ground running. And people people would tell me like, oh, this has potential. Like there's nothing else like this. Like this is something unique that you guys could build on. And I, when people always asked about it, I never wanted to talk about it. I was like, yeah, it's just like, this is just something I do on the side for mental health. Like don't, don't worry about it. I, I never really like talked about it initially in the beginning and then you kind of have to own it and, and realize that it's your passion. It's, it's really cool what you're doing. It's an impressive thing and to keep running with it because, you know, there are people out there who will like question it because you're not doing, you know, the societal path that everybody thinks you should be doing. You're going one way when people think, Oh, well, you're supposed to go to college for four years, get a starting job, do this, build up, build up, build up in a company that's already made. Where like it's 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 one thing to do that, another thing to have like an entrepreneurial endeavor that's grown like LRT Sports. I mean, it looks like it's grown tremendously. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. Um, we have like over a hundred thousand ratings on the website now, um, and you know, returning users, you name it. At this point, I mean, I think we're up like three hundred percent just on users um, 
as of last, like since last year and everything. So we're growing in that direction. And I also think it helps that there's just been this awesome culture around college athletics where people are more willing to share their story, rate their coach, talk about their situations. Um, whereas that wasn't really the case six years ago. And when we were initially trying to do this, it was always, everyone was so fearful. Like, is my coach going to find out that it's me? Like, you know, is, is some, are you telling the coaches in the schools, like my email, are you, you know, letting them pay to see who's rating me or rating the coach and all these things that we had to like explain to athletes. Like, no, we ask for your email to verify it, but once it's verified, we randomize it. We don't, you know, we don't really have any involvement with your email anymore. It's just to show that like, it's not, you know, a coach rating themselves a hundred times to get a good rating. Um, and that it's not a repeat rating over and over again. So somebody's trying to drive down whether, you know, there's so many things that can happen with ratings. Um, and now it's, everybody's like, Oh yeah, sure. I'd love to rate my coach. It's just such a different vibe than it was, you know, even five, six years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it kind of, it reminded me when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like it's kind of like a rate my professor. You know, yeah, you that's what it was based off of when we initially came up with the idea was rate my professor. Yeah, because when you're looking at college professors, I know I'll sometimes go on those like, all right, we'll see what people actually think, and it's interesting. I think it's it's a cool idea. Um, if you're if you're a if you're a young student, if you're a high school kid, and, and you want to get involved, like, how do you how do you get involved with LRT sports? How do you look it up? What's the process to go by? Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest thing is like follow us on social. I think, and we're at LRT Sports for everything, but social media, we're always constantly updating our. Um, articles we usually post two articles a week and then on top of that we're getting all of the ratings in but if you want to keep updated with the ratings coming in and everything you can just sign up on our newsletter for the, where the sign up um area is on lrtsports.com and um you know go to the coaches tab see what sport you play scroll through some of the coaches um and then if there's any college athletes go rate your coach <laughs> yeah i mean i'm gonna I know I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm going to have to rate my coach on there. I saw awesome. I, I actually looked up my coach when I found out we were doing the interview. Um, coach Bedick at Washington College, and he doesn't have any ratings. And Coach Bedick, yeah. if you're listening and you see any ratings and you have a 5.0, it's because I'm about to put you in a 5.0. <laughs> <one. So. laughs> yeah, it's so great though. We're getting more coaches involved too. Like. <laughs> We have a ton of uh, interviews with college coaches, and we actually have college coaches now that are saying, like, hey, my profile is not up to date. Can you add me to this school or take me off this school or whatever? So it's pretty cool. I know some coaches that use it as a recruiting tool to say, hey, look how great I am. Um, so well, it works both ways, right? Sort of. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that is cool. Um, so if you're, if you're a student athlete listening, whether you're in high school or college, if you're in high school, look at the ratings. If you're in college, rate your coaches. Um, I know that Max will be rating Coach Bedick, so so that is an exciting thing. Uh, another question I have is I know that you guys talk a lot about mental health and you have some articles written on your website, and that's a big emphasis for you guys. Uh, what did that entail? Uh, how has the outreach been, and what has the response been in general to those stories? Um, they've been great. So the mental health component – we kind of dabbled with for a couple of years. The biggest thing that we started was recruiting horror stories. So we literally interview athletes about anything that happened to them during the recruiting process that was um, bad, traumatic, whatever it may be, whether it was an athlete that drank too much on a recruiting trip and they shouldn't have, and then they lost a scholarship or a situation where 
a parent got involved and ruined the scholarship opportunity for a student athlete, really anything. Um, that's kind of where it started for athletes to be able to share their experiences. And then we've morphed it into, um, we posted, I mean, we did an interview with Victoria um, and then we posted another article recently about an athlete who came out um, during his process of being an athlete. Uh, we have like a couple other ones lined up that are pretty heavy. Um, and I, it's the same answer as the ratings. I feel like a couple of years ago, it was hard to kind of drag those stories out of people. And it was like, well, what if my coach sees it? Or what if somebody finds out it's me? Or I don't feel comfortable. Um, but over the past like two years, people are just so much more willing to share their story. But I think it's because there's a whole push behind the whole college sports realm. It's not just LRT sports. It's everybody that's kind of lifting each other up to be empowered and share their stories. It's not just a, an LRT sports thing. I think it's a whole cultural shift with college athletics. Yeah, I think that um, in social media in general, I always talk about there's positive trends and there's negative trends. And a lot of times, you know, trends just start from somebody sharing their story or somebody doing something and somebody taking that initiative. And once that starts happening, it's a domino effect where one person shares a story and then all of a sudden it's cool because this person did it. So then once again, someone else does, and then it keeps bouncing off of one person to another, which creates a positive trend. And social media, as much as it has its pros and cons, this is definitely a positive to be able to use that tool to talk about your mental health, to talk about recruiting, to talk about rating your professors if you want you know just it's just a great tool to see different aspects and, and it's a cool trend to see yeah for sure i agree so, yeah so what did what advice this is my this is my final question uh it's just it's more of a mental health question what advice would you give to our listeners and athletes out there who are going through challenging times mentally or struggling with their coaches and any uh athletic challenge yeah i think the biggest thing is um talking and communicating to people that you feel that you trust. I think that's huge. I think if a mistake that I made and a mistake that people may tend to make is trying to bottle up your feelings and not really talking about it with anybody. Um, and I think that's a, a big problem because it just, it gets like toxic in your body almost. And it, it creates like just awful thing up in your head. Um, and you're always thinking about it and you could be anxious and get depressed and a lot of other things. And I think one of the things with, with tennis for me, I tried to bottle it all up and I wasn't handling my stress well or my anxiety well with my, um, coaching situation. But once I started to talk about it and in a way get validation, like I'm not crazy here, right? Like I'm being mistreated or the situation is wrong, even though I'm being told it's not wrong, it's definitely wrong. Um, so I think just making sure that you're communicating and talking to somebody that you trust, whether it's a therapist or a parent or a coach or just anybody, a friend um, that you feel like you can go to to talk about things and get an opinion is, is super important and try to get that feedback to make sure that the situation that you're in is, you know, you want to be as safe and comfortable and happy as possible. You don't want to feel like you're in a toxic situation at all. Yeah, I I think that's that's awesome, and I think it, it just stems back to, you know, normalizing the conversation, feeling comfortable, and really just being okay with with how you're feeling and making decisions based off what's what's best for you and, and your mental health. So, um, I mean, we I know I really enjoyed having you on here. Before before we do wrap up, I do want to ask one question. Just you know, backtracking to earlier in the podcast, you did mention that you had 
three other uh, group members working on mm-hmm. this uh, LRT Sports. Are they still involved? Like, what happened there? Just for if people were wondering, because I know since you said that, I've been thinking about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And this, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on this. Um, <laughs> I So originally, it was me and three other guys at Skidmore. Um, one kid right away, like, after I, I approached them and said, hey, I want to start this. Do you want to be like in and do it with me or no one kid right away said no um i've stayed friends with all three of them the second one he was with us for a little bit but he wanted to focus on his big person job he was working at moody's so he ended up focusing on his real person job (laughs) um so he dipped out maybe after like six months and then we had the third one who him and i worked together for two years on lrt sports um he kind of you know, just decided that he didn't want to do it anymore, which again, we didn't leave on any bad note or anything. We still talk. He still asked me how LRT is going and everything, but you know, he just made the decision for himself that it wasn't what he wanted to do anymore. So then I'm the lone wolf doing it all by myself now. (laughs) Well, for any, any students um, listening, you know, don't, don't half-ass these group projects in school because it could be your career one day. Who knows? That's right. That's right. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a cool thing to do, though, that Skidmore had you guys do talk about um, your uh, job or like you created a company and, and talked to a bunch of uh, what is venture capitalists and, and others about what you're doing. I think that's a, I think that's an awesome idea. I think colleges should pick that up more. Yeah, our business program's awesome. And honestly, that wasn't the only time that we were able to do something like that. We had we, there was also something that not just for business majors, but like a business plan competition. You can enter anybody in the school and the winner is now winning, I think like 10 or $20,000 after, but they have to do it like almost throughout the whole year. And it's a whole big process. But for my class, our teacher literally, or professor literally had us take ideas that we had, put them on sticky notes, put them around the classroom. And then people got to go up and put their name with this or their uh, sticky note with their name on it underneath the ideas that they liked the best. And then slowly we would take off the ideas that were bad or that nobody wanted to back. And then from there, we decided that there was like, you know, maybe seven ideas out of the whole class. And then there was seven different groups working under those companies that they wanted to. And then that's kind of how the whole thing happened for the rest of the semester. But it was cool. That's like creating a startup within your college. Your college is, that's like an entrepreneurial thing. Was that like an entrepreneurship class or something like that? It was an entrepreneurship class. Yep. Yep. That's that's really cool, honestly. Um, I think that that's something that's, definitely should be implemented in more colleges. Uh, if any college people are listening, maybe yeah. create any, any, any professors out there who are, who might be listening. I don't think any, I hope, I don't know if any do. I don't maybe think some of our new professors are listening that we just uh, met this week. Yeah. Maybe on our online classes that we virtually. Met. You never but, know. We should shout out the podcast. I'm just, um, I'm just glad when you Max asked the question, I was thinking, I was like, Oh man, like, was this like a Mark Zuckerberg situation with his partner? But you know, it seems like no. you guys are like, <laughs> it's, it's like you guys are all friends so that that's really good yeah. to hear i mean don't get me wrong you go through your arguments and stuff and i was friends with all of them pre lrt sports like you have you have your stuff you go through obviously um but at the end of the day no there was never any like bad blood or anything um it always it ended on like great terms with everybody to you know um just we picked we basically were friends then this happened and we all stayed friends throughout. We had our arguments, we did whatever. It's also, uh, this might be bad to say, but like all the three guys, they like two of them were on the baseball team, one was on the tennis team. Like 
they're they're very easy to work with. Like they're very chill. There was no like drama with them. You know what I mean? Guys, right? Yeah. Shout out to the baseball. They're very easy to work with. Yeah. Shout out to baseball players. Shout out to baseball players. We are we are the most chill group. Uh, yes. That's a known fact. <laughs> you heard it here first. Kirsten said it. We are the the most chill group on campus. Yes. Officially think- dubbed. <laughs> Exactly. And we will end on that note that the baseball team is the best team. So uh, thank you, Kirsten, for that. Uh, you can find you can find them at, at LRT Sports and on their website. Is it LRTSports.com? Yes. You can go LRTSports.com or LRT-Sports.com. You can go either one. Either one. There you have it. Go on there. Rate your coaches. Let everybody know what you think about them. Hopefully it's great. Hopefully you've had an awesome experience. I know I love this podcast, Kirsten. I had an awesome time. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kirsten. And that was Kirsten Sires. I know I really enjoyed having Kirsten on the podcast today. Um, I learned a lot about her story, her journey. I think, like I said, her transition from playing tennis all throughout high school and the last time playing soccer was actually probably middle school for her and then transitioning in college to play soccer. I've never heard of anything like that. That story is truly like inspiring, to be honest with you. And her entrepreneurship story of LRT Sports and how that came about, it's, it's just truly an amazing story, and I really enjoyed having Kirsten on today. Yeah, you know, I think Max hit on a lot of great points. I think that her story is tremendous, like Max said. Not only did she switch sports in college, but she also started her own company, which is ridiculous. And, you know, she talks a lot about the mental health side of things, what it meant with coaches. And I think that in general, your coach should be your supporter and everybody has different relationships with their coaches, but they should understand the mental health side of athletics and what a college athlete or student athlete is going through. I know that my favorite part, other than her saying the baseball team is the best team, which, you know, interpret it how you want. That's how I got the interpretation at the end was definitely how she combined her passion and and everything she did with sports throughout her life into her career. So I definitely think it's inspiring. She found her self-identity after sport. Uh, She found her passion, which is tremendous. So yeah, we were really grateful to have Kirsten on. What to look forward to? Hmm, this is exciting. We will be looking forward to Evan Fernandez, a Jacksonville University baseball alumni who shares a powerful story about a near-death experience on the field. So this is definitely one you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned.